This podcast is going to be much different than most of my posts. Though I'm passionate about food in general, I have another passion that goes far beyond that, and I want to share that with you today. If you've ever looked around on my blog, you know that I am a Christian who believes in the gospel of the Bible. In other words, my relationship with Christ is the most important part of my life. You're probably wondering, how does that fit with food? Today, I want to share with those who have struggled to find the balance between being a foodie, being healthy, and how to avoid making those two things an idol. Hi guys, and welcome to That College Foodie. My name's Karis, and I can't wait to get to know you better through discussing something I think we all can relate to, and that's food. So grab your favorite snack, and let's get started. Idols are something all Christians have to fight. Idols can include friendship, work, relationships, families, and more. Food is something that is needed to survive, so it's difficult to view it as an idol. However, as anything that comes before one's relationship with Christ is an idol, anything can be an idol. Some of us may struggle with gluttony, which is the idea of overeating, while others of us may struggle with the idol of healthy eating, which is an intense focus on what, how, when, where, and why we eat. I wanted to give you all more than just my perspective on this broad but important topic, so I invited fellow blogger and friend Mercy Bailey to collaborate with me on this. Hey, Mercy. Hey there. Hey, Karis. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. It's been a while since we talked, but um, I'm excited because uh, it's a time where we can talk about something that's really important, the idea um, of food and idols. So I've known Karis for about three or four years or so, a long time. And um, (laughs) if you want to keep up with me on social media I actually have a blog it's called words in the wilderness and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter under that handle and it's really just a place where I want to share with y'all just what God has been teaching me in my walk with him and so if y'all are interested you can find me on those spots and just give me a follow and I'd appreciate it so I have a couple of questions for you um so we're just going to jump right in my first question is pretty broad, but I think it's really important to lay down foundational truths before we dive a lot deeper into the specific issues we're talking about. So practically speaking, what principles do you use in your daily life to fight idolatry? That's a great question. I love, we have to start with the foundation, like you said. <clears throat> well, first of all, I think it's super important that we need to be able to like identify what idols are, like what are those idols in my life? If we can't do that, how are we supposed to fight it off? Mm. So as I mentioned, or as you mentioned, actually, anything can become an idol. So for me specifically, if I get down to it and I really think about it, my friends and my family mean an awful lot to me. And I keep up with them, you know, texting, Instagram, phone calls. Um, and while friends and family aren't bad things in general, you know, I hope you have friends and I hope you have family. But if I spend more time with them, um, talking to them, keeping up with them, texting them, Um, than I do talking to God, then that's a big problem. And really, good things aren't bad things unless they take the place of God. Mm. So one practical principle that I use in my life to fight against idols is prayer. Okay, I say prayer because oftentimes I don't think we realize that we have idols in our life because they're good things. And we think, okay, well, how can something good be such an idol? Yeah, you know. But the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. And when, when I hear that, that means to me, I can't trust my heart or my feelings because they deceive me. So what looks good to me for a moment 
might not be might not really be good for me for a whole season if that makes sense it's good now but if i keep it up for so long it could harm me in the future so i realized that i really have to pray for god to open my eyes to see idols in my life because on my own i'm really blind because my definition of good good things <laughs> might not always match his definition of good things um and real quick, I just want to mention one thing. I don't have time to dive in it completely, but the book, write it down. The book, um, The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. I read it for a class last, or you know, a couple years ago in college. He talks about something called um, the progression of an idol. And I've thought about this a whole lot, you know, every once in a while. And when we started talking about this, I thought of it even more. So I'll just break down the four little things he mentions. So the progression of an idol starts when we des desire something. Okay, I would like, what's something you would like? Okay, like, I don't know. Since we're talking about food, I would like cake, okay? So all conflict starts when something we want. So I desire. The second one is I demand. That's when we say I must have, or, you know, I must have, you know, this food, or I must have this certain body image. If I don't, you know, when we don't get what we want, then we start saying things um, that's really demanding, Okay. The next one is I judge. So I desire, I demand, I judge, which is I can't believe. After demand, you know, comes the judgment. We condemn those or we, you know, are hard on those when they don't give us what we want. If we are trying to get this body image and we're not getting the appropriate responses that we want, then we start judging people. We sinfully judge them and we, we're, you know, we, we treat them poorly. And the last one is I punish. So I desire, I demand, I judge, and I punish and that's kind of like, okay, now you're going to pay. And it says on this article I found, um, I'll send it. It says, idols always demand sacrifices, and we will make people suffer for not giving us our desires. And that kind of sounds harsh. I, yeah, I know. Kind of sounds harsh, and I don't like that, but it's so true. And so, and it, I don't know what that looks like for you or for me, but I think it's different for everyone. But I don't want to get to a point in my life where I punish someone for that. How selfish is that? So, like I said, I'll send these to you, um, and maybe you can access them through um, through this link later. But um, yeah, the Peacemaker by Ken Sandy is a super great book regarding uh, regarding idols and conflict and all that. That's awesome, Merce. I'm gonna have to look that up because it sounds really interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. Super good. Um. Okay. So. As you mentioned, fighting idols is really difficult in and of itself. And so the idea of fighting an idol like food, which is something that I already mentioned, we, we it's a need, it's an everyday need, um, can be a little bit more difficult because it's a daily routine that can become a habit. So like for me, I know that I tend to stress eat a lot. Um, <laughs> no. So what are some coping mechanisms that you use to fight, like you mentioned, the idol of figure? Huh. Okay. I love this. Okay, I, I stress eat too, believe me. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you're in college, you probably stress eat. Um, but, oh, okay, so here's here's a happy question. What was your kind of go-to food then in college that would keep you? If you're oh, stressed, dear. what what are you, what are you going to go eat? For me, it's okay, popcorn. This is, yep, I was just going to say it's yes. popcorn. <laughs> it's popcorn or it's, this is so weird, it's pistachios. I don't know why they're okay. both salty because I have That's a sweet weird. tooth, but they are. Yep. Interesting. Well, that's super interesting. Okay, so for <laughs> me, um, yeah, I'm the same way. And we we really just have to be real about these things. So like you said, I don't I don't think I've experienced fighting the idol of food in particular. 
But like you said, my idol is like the idol of figure. And <laughs> you can't fight the idol of figure without having food. So it all kind of comes together. But the bigger battle that I have to face, I'm not sure if I face it as much now as I did when I was a teenager. It was, you know, the comparison game of figure. Um, and almost all my friends when I was a preteen and teen were super skinny. And I was in that stage, you know, right when you're trying to get life figured out and all that, it, I was kind of chunky and I, I hated it. I, you know, all my friends were skinny. They could buy these clothes. And I remember going shopping with my mom and like, I hated shopping because of that. And I just, I wish I had, you know, a flat stomach and all that, but it wasn't to the point, you know, where I thought super less of myself, but I knew they're skinny and I am not. And that was enough to kind of, you know, bring me down a little bit. Um, let's see, but you know, I've seen the results of what can happen to a person when they have food as an idol, if that makes sense. Um, you know, and food can be dangerous because it can get, it can get our health out of order. And before we know right. it, you know, you spend a whole lot of money for things you don't need to spend yes. money on. <laughs> and you're a college student. You get that. I've been a college student. We've all, <laughs> we've all been like, mm, we don't need to spend money on this, but here we are. <laughs> Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, Target. <laughs> so, so yeah, like you said, um, mine would probably be more of the issue of figure and um, my attitude toward that. So going off of that and kind of back to the beginning where we talked about um, foundational um, ideas, what are some truths that you use to battle that issue of um making your figure an idol in your own life? Um, what are some practical scriptural truths that you kind of cling to? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I think I would consider when I'm trying to fight against this idol is just the overall basic, you know, fact of taking care of my body. Okay. First Corinthians six nineteen says, what know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy ghost, which is in you, which you have of God and you are not your, ye are not your own. And I, I love and I hate that last part of the verse where it says, I, you know, you're not your own. I am not my own. Okay. You're not your own. <laughs> I'm not my own. I do make my own choices though. But at the end of the day, I have to ask myself who and what, and you know, who am I pleasing through, through my choices and our actions say a lot about our hearts. Right? So if we have one person to please and that's God, First Corinthians 10 31 also mentions that whether you're eating or drinking or whatever you're doing, do all to the glory of God. And basically that means <clears throat> whatever we do throughout the day, it needs to reflect God's glory. It needs to honor the Lord. So if my eating is getting in the way of serving others because I make myself sick from eating too much, that's a bit of a problem. If I lack, if, if I'm not eating enough um, and that's doing harmful things to my body, that's a problem because God made me special and made me in his image. And if I'm hurting the gift that he's given me through, you know, my body, that's a problem. And it all comes back to me. You know, I have to remember who am I pleasing through my actions just throughout a general day. Yeah. So I think the really cool one that you mentioned was, you know, do all to the glory of God. Um, and I think if we have that focus, like if we focus on that aspect, it's a lot easier to avoid either one. Cause it's not, cause I think I've both of them we do for ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, and it's very yes. self-focused. And if we do everything to the glory of God, we won't be focused on ourselves. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and it seems like such an easy thing. You know, you wake up, you're like, Oh yeah, that's fine. I got this. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, Oh shoot. 
that, that didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's not easy, but it's, that's, I think that's where I go back up to what I said earlier about prayer. If our mm-hmm. prayer life is on fire and like our first um, resort or our first, our first go-to, our first action, then it will be a little bit easier. It won't be perfect, but it'll be easier to remember. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm not pleasing God through this. And God, and, and if I know God's going to show it to me when I'm, when I screw it up, then mm-hmm. that kind of is a kick in the pants to realize, oh yeah, I better get myself situated. Yeah. Yeah. That's good girl. It's a lot of truth. Um, thank you so much for talking with me about this today. I know it's not necessarily a fun topic, <laughs> um, but you offered a lot of really practical trees um, that just take us right back to scripture, which is exactly what I was hoping for. Um, so thank you so much for joining us and guys, make sure you go check out her blog. Can you give us that handle one more time? Yeah. It's words in the wilderness. Words. Perfect. In the wilderness. Yeah. And you can find <laughs> me on uh, Instagram. I was about to spell it for you. That's my teacher coming up. Um, find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, awesome. Yeah. awesome. And you guys can contact me if you have any questions, feel free to go to Mercy's page or to my page, which is that college foodie on Instagram or my blog. And feel free to reach out and ask us any questions you might have. I look forward to talking to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Karen.